All right, welcome back. Of course, we are in the uh, early phase of the filing period for next year's elections. But a lot of folks have already got those petitions in, including some incumbent aldermen looking for another four years on the Springfield City Council. One of them has represented Ward 7 for eight years now and is hoping for a third term. Alderman Joe McMenamin is with us live on the line this afternoon. Alderman, thanks for being here. Great to have you back on the program. Welcome, Jim. It's great to be here, and I uh, think uh, the sun is coming out. We might get a few more Sundays this week, and uh, temps in the 50s, and I heard a lot of lawnmowers and mulching going on today in Springfield. It's a pretty refreshing change of pace, isn't it? i got to agree with you there. Alderman, uh, why do you think voters in Ward 7 should give you another four years in office? Well, I'm enthusiastic about another four years and serving the constituents in Ward 7. What I hear going from door to door, and I collected 180 signatures in the past three months, Jim. It's really a refreshing and eye-opening experience to hear what the voters are thinking and uh, what they have to say. And we had the town hall meeting, too, uh, about a month ago for Ward 7, and I thought it was our best town hall meeting of the four we've had so far. I think the voters in Ward 7 know that my vote belongs to them. And they appreciate that. They don't always agree with the positions I take, but I think they know that I've studied the issues, I've tried to make the right decision for the right reasons, and they respect that. And uh, I'm prepared to do it another four years, Jim. Uh, When you say your vote belongs to them, are you drawing a contrast with anyone in particular? Are there others on the council who you think their vote does not belong to their constituents? You know, Jim, it's been my policy to avoid conflicts of interest, either real or perceived. And um, I don't take endorsements from either political party. If you look at my um, uh, petitions, you'll see no uh, precinct committeeman filing there. I don't have any obligations out there of a political nature uh, because I don't rely upon either party uh, to get on the ballot. And then when it comes to fundraising, as you know, I don't take any contributions from any entities that bring ordinances to the city council for approval, whether it be an insurance company, an accounting firm, an engineering firm, a law firm, um, any collective bargaining units. I think it uh, sends the wrong signal to um, take that kind of money, especially when they're big checks. And I've studied the other city councils around the, the state, the, the, the cities our size, Jim. Uh, for example, Peoria, Joliet, Decatur, Bloomington, Champaign. I don't see the amount of money moving around in those cities that moves around in this city, and I think it impact it does impact the vote. And I think sometimes, and I think the vote sometimes is impacted to the detriment of our city and of our neighborhoods. You've called out your colleagues on the city council before for things like this, and you do have a reputation as a contrarian, a guy who is uh, is raising issues and, and demanding actions that uh, a lot of your colleagues on the city council ha- have not gone along with you on. Uh, d- does that reputation, do you, does it serve your constituents well, or does it actually make it harder for you to get things done on behalf of them? You know, it cuts both ways. I think the constituents know that I'm taking a long-term approach to our citywide issues, you know, whether we build a second lake, how, we, how do we finance our city government long-term in the state of Illinois where we've got a state revenue structure which is unhealthy, um, where, um, you know, we, 
if you look, and you know, last week was a good example of where we should have had a longer discussion about the pay raises for the non-union personnel. And you know, that discussion was cut off after 12 minutes. Uh, someone shut off the conversation, and there was a, a you know, call the question, terminate the conversation. I respected our mayor for bringing that uh, discussion to the city council. He had, a, he had a resolution about whether the city council agrees or disagrees with the 1.75 across-the-board pay raise for our non-union personnel. I was in favor of that, Jim. Why? Because I think when we get to uh, payroll issues and um, financing our pensions and so forth, we need to get everyone involved. Everyone should pay some portion of the price. Some portion should come from the taxpayers, some from union personnel, some from non-union personnel. But to pick on just one section of the payroll is wrong. And so uh, two years ago, the uh, non-union folks have not had a pay raise uh, in two years. Uh, meanwhile, the union personnel are getting their regular pay raise. That creates a lot of antagonism and resentment within our city workforce. Now, had the conversation been allowed to continue last week, Jim, uh, I think we should have brought out the fact that there's some new unionization efforts within our city government, and we don't want the city to go in the way that the state went, where now you've got what percentage of it, Jim? Is it you know 90%, 95% of our state employees are unionized and you know the management function has kind of moved from management where it should be to the union contracts where it's not always in the best place to be getting back to the main point though i think we should have it should have should have had a discussion about that last week but it was cut off i don't i i think it was um a bad idea to cut off the, the conversation the discussion at the city council and uh, jim are you uh, uh, following the the our um engineers within cwlp are you familiar with what's happened there? I can't say that I, I know specifically what you're talking about. Clue, clue me in. Yeah, we had uh, 80, as I understand it, uh, 40 of our engineers and then another 40 um, went into the union um, in the last two months. And I think that I, you could view it as, okay, that can be a good thing for those employees, but I think it's probably a bad thing for our city because it kind of ties our hands. It makes things potentially more adversarial. It you know it puts out this threat of a strike and so forth if things don't get worked out. I, I think it's unionization is not working well in government overall. When in the private sector there's a, um, a diminished you know a, a lessening of union um, uh, participation. So we've got two um, contrasting trends there. But I think that discussion of what happened with our engineers is a good example of where the city council should have been involved in that decision of having not paid non-union for two years because um, resentments build up. And that's what should have come out in the discussion last week. But there's many more important issues to discuss, Jim, going forward. And maybe you've got a hit list of what you well, want to ask about. Well, you know, I, I do have a couple. Uh, but but uh, to, to the point I was trying to make about whether this this uh, perception of you as a contrarian makes it harder for you to get things done. What, what do you see as your main accomplishment in, in your two terms so far on the Springfield City Council? Well, Jim, not to bring up an old subject, but, you know, getting that residency requirement through the city council was huge. Um, it's like bringing a factory into the city when all of a sudden, you know, when we had, we've got our head count of about 1,500 and about 600 of our employees no longer lived in the city. Now we've got the prospect of moving most of those in the course of time uh, back to city employment and all that money circulating within our, within our city limits. Now, it's really interesting. Um, you know, we have um, uh, Laborers Union 477. 
they appropriately brought an ordinance into the city council that would um, basically require that uh, laborers on public works contractors of our contractors be um, 50% of them be uh, city or Sangamon County employees. I think maybe the way it finally has worked out. Um, but so all the all the aldermen voted for that. But when we wanted to hire, and some, that impacts some contracts that might go for just two or three weeks, involving four or five employees of a contractor that, that uh, got the bid. Uh, but those, some of the same aldermen, you know, voted no, four aldermen voted no to the residency for our city employees. So I think you can see the influence of uh, moneyed influence right there as an example. But getting back to um, your major accomplishments, I thought that was a major accomplishment to get through that, get that through the city council. It took six years. Um, MacArthur Park Apartments. I just got a report from our police. There's been a complete turnaround there, Jim. Um, after you know, we um, you might recall, I um, went into court and got um, with with uh, one of our NPOs got an administrative search warrant that no one had done in years in Springfield, and then ultimately that allowed our inspectors to get in to private property where they had been denied. Ultimately, that resulted in uh, more than. Uh, 90 units being uh, uh, ruled uh, uninhabitable, which basically caused eventual change of ownership and then reinvestment, $20 million of reinvestment at MacArthur Park Apartments. Now they're about full, back to full occupancy and uh, very low uh, crime rate there. I think the uh, quickly after election eight years ago, getting that MacArthur Boulevard TIF was very important to getting a high V in there. Uh, there's a number of other um, accomplishments. I think constituent services is really important, whether it be a new road on Cherry Road or getting the cracks filled on uh, Chatham Road right now, eventually getting um, the state route, MacArthur, redone. Once, part of the problem with the capital city, Jim, as you're aware, we've been handicapped by the budget um, freeze at the state level and having no capital spending plan at the state level for years, but with the new governor, I think we can expect that, and uh, I've met with the mayor and other key personnel about the importance of grabbing as much of that capital spending money, not just for MacArthur, but for Peoria Road and for some of our other important gateways into the capital city. So I'm not, the constituent services is really important. I feel really good about that, Jim. At last night, uh, yesterday was a typical day, you know, running, checking if some bags have been picked up. Uh, leaf bags where they hadn't been picked up for three weeks, going out at night, checking uh, lamp posts and seeing if the lights are back on after a complaint, checking whether some a brush that was cut down part of a sidewalk program had been picked up by the contractor. That's the kind of stuff that if you do it continuously and, um, and you get back to your voters, they respect it, and um, hopefully they'll remember it at voting time. Alderman, I wanted to ask you, too, you actually tweeted out today, and you tagged a, a number of uh, local media types, myself included, uh, linking to an article essentially calling for an amendment to the Illinois Constitution to allow changes to, to current public sector pensions so that uh, people right now uh, getting pensions or current employees with the pensions they'd be entitled to could have those pensions diminished, something that isn't currently allowed under the Illinois Constitution. You tweeted out, so I'm guessing you're you're in favor of this idea. Something similar has apparently just been done recently in Arizona, so you believe it could happen here in uh, in Illinois as well. So is that in fact something you want to see the, this state do? Is to change its constitution so that current pensions can be in fact reduced? Thanks for bringing that up, and thanks for um, taking a look at that uh, tweet. I think what's important there, Jim, is as you know, Governor Quinn he tried to 
get some pension reform by statute. And then it, it turned out, well, sorry, um, you, the legislature does not have authority to try to um, make things more um, financially reasonable for the state because our Constitution um, prevents it. I think um, uh, tweaking our Constitution is preferable to bankruptcy. Um, I think we we're ultimately we're going to go two routes. Either we're going to amend state law to allow bankruptcy of our pension plans, or we can amend the Constitution to allow some degree of compromise. And it's the compromise that I favor, Jim. And I'm not saying I favor that particular solution that Arizona came up with. I think my main point in circulating that tweet was to point out that we do have to uh, take another look at our Constitution, which kind of departs from many of the Constitutions, most of the Constitutions around this, United States, and we have to come up with something that's reasonable so that we can honor the pensions that have been earned by our police, fire, and uh, first responders in particular. Isn't there a third option, though, which is essentially the state and the city should keep its promises to its employees? I mean, I'm not saying it's easy, but we've, we've told people this is what your benefits will be. Why shouldn't the state and the city be held to that commitment? Well, I think we should try to hold to the extent possible but I think the actuaries and the expert, financial experts that are looking at this are thinking that the tipping point is now uh, beyond, beyond that, Jim. So if this were to go through, and I think there are still big questions about whether you could retroactively do this and whether you could uh, impede uh, and impair contracts, uh, which seems to be against the U.S. Constitution, but even if that were the case, what what should then happen? What would you like to see done to, say, police and fire pensions? How far should they be reduced uh, if you had the ability to do so? I think that Arizona um, constitutional amendment, which was adopted uh, pretty strongly by Arizona voters, tried to look at the pension benefit um, that had been earned so far as of current date and lock that in place that 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 portion of your benefit cannot be diminished and then they try to slow down the growth the, the future growth rate of the pension and that's the kind of compromise they tried to achieve there but isn't that what we have with tier two now i mean we we have uh, obviously two different tiers of pension benefit uh, and given enough time the, the the system will be all tier two which is a, a less generous benefit haven't we already in effect done that we have done that uh, for new employees. Uh, they're basically, as of their employment date, um, when they come on the payroll, they're subject to a different uh, set of rules, benefit rules, than pre-exist those that were hired before before 2011. And that brings up a good point. Um, you know, as I've, I've been pushing for a wage freeze for everybody for some, not a permanent wage freeze, but for some length of time. You know, one or two years for everybody and get the unions and, and non-union both to understand the importance of it. But I think um, we should really focus on Tier 1 employees uh, in terms of uh, slowing down their um, pay growth while they're still employees because they have a much better deal than those hired after 2011. And I think ultimately what we need to do is have a lesser pensionable rate of pensionable income at the time of retirement to um, make... Uh, it may make the finances more acceptable to our taxpayers. Alderman, I'm out of time here. Uh, if people want to learn more about your candidacy in Ward 7, where can they go to do so? They can go to uh, com, and uh, they can email at uh, 
for Ward 7 at AOL.com. And uh, I'm going to try to put out regular um, emails to those that are interested. So that's uh, Joe for Ward 7.com and Joe for Ward 7 at AOL.com. Is that the number seven or the word seven written out? The digit seven. No, number seven. All right, very good. Alderman Joe McMenamin, Ward 7 Alderman. He is running for another term on the Springfield City Council. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks. Thanks always, Jim.